Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. This is Season 2, Episode 9, Fire Island. Hey everyone, I'm Andrew. My name is Eric. And today we are here with special guest Chris Gao. Hi. Woo! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) So early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's afternoon there. Well, still too early for me. <laughs> it's like 12.15. <laughs> yeah, uh, we normally record on Mondays, but today we are recording on Sunday. We are recording on Super Bowl Sunday. Recording on Rihanna's day. Not, It's not Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. The day of Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> and then today we are going to be discussing Fire Island. So we're super excited to do that. Super excited to have Chris here. Yeah, Chris and I met in Seattle, but now he lives in LA. He's killing it over there. And we're super happy to have him. Thank you. Thank you. More like killing myself here, but you know. Oh my God. Hey, let's talk about, wait, therapy time. What's up? Oh, just too much going out. Like Seattle, you know, in the winter and everything's kind of dead. Um, but in LA, it's constantly like, go to this, go to that, come to this. And then I'm right. new. So I like, um, I, I do this thing now where I'm like, would you be disappointed if I don't go? And then they're always like, yeah. So I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <I'm going. laughs> that's gotten you out of zero commitments <laughs> yeah like, uh, i was hoping they would be like no no it's fine don't come you know no pressure no not in la <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing though what a blessing to have like so many friends hooking you up with so many events and like always having something to do that sounds amazing <laughs> blessing and a curse but yes. yeah <laughs> as soon as you said killing yourself i was like this is not like a sad thing this is like a, these gays are trying to murder me situation <laughs> it is very much so <laughs> oh man if i ever have to come if i ever come to la i'll have to hit you up because that sounds amazing I'm i'll be hitting you up yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you met any celebrities there or ran into any there um yeah actually i was just hanging out with manila yesterday um we went to this event called switch it was like an all um like an asian event or something that happens like once a month um so i met manila luzon who's like a drag star you know um so she was getting pulled left and right <laughs> oh my god that's so cool yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Asian, because it's probably relevant to the discussion, um, Chris, you you are uh, of what descent? I am Chinese. Chinese. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, I, um, I I think I'll definitely have questions for you specific to your experience as an Asian gay man, especially because like this movie definitely hits on that theme a lot. A lot. <laughs> Before we get into all that, uh, Chris, we have a question we'd like to ask all our podcast guests. And in the interest of helping us paint a rich tapestry of authentic queer people's lives, what is the gayest thing you did this week? Oh, the gayest thing I did. Um, so, well, actually yesterday. So when we were hanging out with Manila, um, we went to her friend's place and they have like, when I first got in, they had like this like pole thing set up that almost looked like a sex swing, but it was not. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like a silk, like the silk thing that they do. I don't know if you've ever seen like aerobatic, aero, aerobatics, aero. I don't know, <laughs> but you're like in like this rope and then um, you kind of like swing and like switch positions and stuff. And then my friend was like teaching me how to do it. And then like he got into it too while I was still like trapped in the silk. And then I don't know, it just felt very sexual to me. I was like, okay, this is my first time here. You're on top of me. We're, you know, um, I thought that was kind of fun. But um, other than that, I mean, like, you know, you know, the gays do what the gays do. <laughs> I, I love that answer because it's it's so innocent. It's like you were just like playing around with silk acrobatic stuff, but it like it sounds like a rom com moment where you're like, oh, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. yeah, he's on top of me now. How do I get out of this? <laughs> <laughs> You're like blushing, like what a rom com moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was really fun. <laughs> um, How'd you get invited to were you at Manila's house? Um it was her friend's house. Um okay. but it was my friend's friends with her, so then I got invited through him and then yeah, and then we were there. <laughs> That's amazing. What a what a great network. Yeah. Eric, what's the gayest thing you did this week? I would say the gayest thing I did this week was <laughs> be rude to a girl at a concert. <laughs> what does that say about the gay community? <laughs> <laughs> I was think I was pondering my answer today and I was like, I think like, yeah, let's do that. Because gay people can be mean. And I want to paint that tapestry. Um <laughs> I was at this concert last night for Samia. It's this, like, sad girl music that I love and adore. And my friend, like, maybe, yes, maybe I was in the wrong, but I don't really care. My <laughs> friend and I were just, like, I was pushing through the crowd with some friends because we, like, arrived, like, kind of late. But the main opener or the main headliner hadn't started yet. And so then we get, like, pretty close to, like, the far side of the stage. But still, like, a decent amount of space to where it, it was, like, it's not like we were, like, pushing people out of the way. Like, people were, like, standing pretty spurst out from each other. But then the squirrel, like, as soon as I, like, stepped in front of the squirrel, the squirrel was like, can you keep walking? You're too tall to stand in front of me. And I literally just go, are you serious? No, shut up. And then I turn and talk to other people. <laughs> um, so I was, if, so people can say I was rude. I, I was rude, but um, I was happy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. I don't know. I feel like that's the only proper response. Like, hearing you're too tall at a concert. It's like, mm, this conversation. Like, Babe, is this like your like... first concert? <laughs> <laughs> you should have been like, um, you're too short. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was like, I was about to be like, I told my friend, I was like, sorry, I'm born this way, Lady Gaga. Like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, Eric, how tall are you? It's, you're not like a six foot four man. Exactly. I'm literally 5'10". I was <laughs> like, wow, first time anyone's ever told me I'm too tall. <laughs> You're a giant. <laughs> yeah, and this girl wasn't even that much shorter than me. I would say she was like a solid 5'6". It was just the fact that I was a little bit taller than her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how was yeah, the concert? Oh, it was so good. It was like, she's like my favorite artist ever right now. And she has so much sad music. And I was really sad last night listening to it. <laughs> but in like a healthy way, you know, like in a way where it was like, this feels cathartic. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Andrew? The gayest thing I did this week was I started cutting calories. I'm counting all my calories. I'm trying to slim down again. I was bulking. It is such a miserable experience, but I'm pretty sure that's how all the gays who have six packs get them. <laughs> and I'm starting to see a little bit of progress already. And then uh, my birthday is coming up on February 25th. So that's one of the reasons for the cut. Also, my birthday happens to be the one-year anniversary of this podcast. So our one-year anniversary is coming up. Wow. Did we... Wait, did we record on your birthday? We we released on my birthday. Oh, hey, cool. I was supposed to be like, I don't remember saying happy birthday to you when we recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been holding a grudge against you this entire time because of that. Now we use me telling you. <laughs> what does that say about the gay community? I think the gayest thing I've done this week was count my caloric intake. <laughs> it's it's a hard life being gay you know sometimes you have to, like there's so many things you have to look good you have to be thin you have all these things you have to play your summer travel like yeah. bands. Mm -hmm. and all the tickets for any gay party is so expensive it's like robbery it, no it truly is they are taking advantage of us they know that the gays have disposable income most of us don't have kids yeah i know 
we can all just like go to a park and I can blast loud music and it would be free, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes, more of that in 2023. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's uh, talk about this movie, Fire Island, which is available on Hulu, written and starring Joel Kim Booster. One question I wanted to ask y'all. So this movie released on Hulu, right? It wasn't in theaters or anything like that. Um, but still, I feel like every gay man knows about it. So I wanted to ask y'all, how did y'all hear about this movie uh chris let's start with you okay um so i heard about it through the grapevines um because i'm gay and i'm asian um so all my <laughs> friends are like we need to watch this movie because it's gay and it's asian <laughs> um so we watched it um and then yeah we just like went to everyone's house and we just um there's like 20 of us or something watching it and we're just gagging the whole time <laughs> No. Oh, amazing. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah. And it was specifically like 20 gay Asian men all came together like for that purpose. Yes. And our sponsored white friends, you know. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Eric, how'd you hear about it? I feel like every time it's like a gay movie of some kind, I always hear about it through Twitter. Like the trailer will drop on Twitter. Um, that's how I felt about like Megan. That's how I heard about that one, which a gay movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I heard about it then. And then like everyone was just sort of tweeting and talking about it. And then my friend Joe uh, invited me to go to the... I don't know if it was specifically the premiere party uh, for it in New York, but it was a premiere party event for Fire Island. And, like, oh, all of the cast was there and stuff. And we were, like, at this theater in, like, Midtown. Oh. And then there was, like, a whole party on a roof after. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. It was, it was, was cool. Recent, right? This was, like, over the summer. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't get any networking done because everyone was trying to talk to, like, Joel and um, Bowen. Like, everyone was, like, swarming them. And I was like, I'm just going to have a drink and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would have been, like, rapidly for, like, pushing my way to the front. You're, like, in the back, like, sipping on a vodka soda. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I would have been like, Andrew, let's chill out. Have a drink with me. <laughs> you don't have to work tonight. I'm like, <laughs> uh were the other cast members there too yeah it was like literally everyone are they as um, hot in real life because oh my god that cast oh was yeah so no they were they were so hot like oh. everyone was there what's his name connor rickamora he is so hot in real life <laughs> really yeah and i remember him talking like at the premiere and i was just like he's also like a very well-spoken guy as well and just was like very sweet and nice oh that's amazing and then james scully is the one that plays opposite bow and yang james scully is so hot oh my god oh yeah so i i like you're like how are they all hot in real life it's like yeah they all got cast i feel like you have to be hot to be in a movie no <laughs> <laughs> so the way i heard about this was we were doing this podcast i think i think it was like after we had started having the idea for this podcast eric i started just like really diving more into gay comedians and so i followed one of these like accounts that's always like tweeting about or mess uh posting about gay news and they posted about joel Kambooster, and i recognized him because i think i'd seen some of his tweets and so I started following him uh, on his socials. And that's how I found out about the movie, like directly through him. Because I started like really like following him as a, as a person. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like someone to look up to like a, a, a gay comedian who's killing it. So that's how I found out about it. Um, but I never actually watched it until preparing for this podcast. So this, as we said, this came out early this summer. And one, or I guess technically last year, because it was 2022. Notably, it 
came out around the same time that Bros was being announced or um, promoted. So that was really a top of mind for a lot of people because it's like, all right, we have Bros and we have Fire Island. They came out like three months apart and um, both had Bo and Yang in them, <laughs> which is interesting. But I feel like the reception of this, at least to the gay public eye, has been pretty positive, right? I think so. Yeah, like overall, I, I was hearing like, oh, yeah, it's good. You should watch it. I don't know if there's anyone who's like falling all over themselves being like, oh, my God, this is the greatest movie ever. It like changed my life and made me cry. Right. But like people are people are really liking it. I think yeah. it was like at one point it had like 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I personally was kind of like, really? 100%? But I think that was just kind of like the hype of the beginning. And so everyone was really excited for it. And I think now I don't know what it is now, but I think. Uh, maybe it's, it's balanced out more. Oh, okay, cool. See, that feels right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you all been to Fire Island physically, the location? No. One to go bucket list. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've only been once. It was for, again, an, an extremely expensive party. It was a $200 party. I'm like, how is a party worth $200? Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I was there for one night, so I was like, "All right, I'll I'll, I'll go." And it was very fun. <laughs> it was yeah. till the sunrise. It was this big party. It was unlimited drinks, um, and everyone was dancing. And we truly like we stayed till the the sun rose up. And then there was no sleep afterwards. We were like going to house parties or going to the next bar. It was. So it was, and it was like on after you got out of the party, which was all outside, you were like right in front of the beach. So like people started swimming, and it was fun. It was really cool. So like I did enjoy it, and I want to go back. Wait, can we go back real quick to two hundred dollars, and it was unlimited drinks? Yeah, but it was like I feel like, like open for, bar. Yeah, yeah, open bar. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's kind of worth be- it. I think. What? Yeah, I mean, I think some parties are $200 and it's no drinks, no nothing. You just, you know, you're there. And then $200 open bar seems like not a bad deal if you drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you have any gay news to talk about? My, my only gay news is just that um, it all has to come back to, what is it? What is that show called? The Real Friends of West Hollywood? Oh, you have more WeHo <laughs> it's just the tea is that like the season one of that show was only six episodes and so now starting like march or something um the rupaul's drag race episodes are going to go back to being like an hour and a half because of like the ending of the real uh real friends of west hollywood but the way that like some news sources are promoting it on twitter they make it seem as though like enough gay people bullied RuPaul's Drag Race and MTV into making it longer because that's the critique they were offering was that because it was a 40 minute like episode for RuPaul's Drag Race, you weren't getting a whole lot. And so there's like a lot of controversy of like gay people being like, yeah, we did that. We bullied them into doing that. And then I've seen all these other drag queens be like, babe, the season was six episodes. It was going to end. <laughs> like we didn't do that. Um, I didn't hear that. Real I really thought it was just collective action. I didn't realize that I was like, no, no. it was always the plan. <laughs> yeah. I know like Carrie Colby, the drag queen was like tweeting and she was like, no, let the gay people think they won. Like, they look <laughs> foolish. <laughs> That's my team. <laughs> That's super funny. Well, let's uh let's go watch this movie, y'all. Woo! Fire, woo. fire, fire! Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> At this point we watch Fire Island. Noah and his friends go on a vacation to Fire Island. They meet a group of privileged elitist gay men, but snag an invite to their party thanks to one of them, Charlie, taking an interest in Noah's insecure friend Howie. The group acts a drunk mess at the party, inviting the derision of Charlie's friend Will, who Noah overhears. Noah and Will develop angry romantic tension. 
How we shot at love is jeopardized when Charlie's ex shows up and kisses Charlie. Noah keeps trying to push and fix Howie, causing tension in their relationship. Howie asks Noah not to meddle, but Noah meddles anyway and convinces Charlie to leave his ex to make a big romantic gesture to Howie. Will apologizes for his derision to Noah and the two kiss. And we're back. Woo! Woo! Back from the island. Island <laughs> time. <laughs> we are changed. Uh, what did y'all think of the movie? Overall thoughts? I liked it. I think it spoke on a lot of, um, you know, things that goes on within the gay community, right? Um, like about being pressured, about looking great, about, you know, just uh, like, you know, how you feel as someone that doesn't fit that mold, right? Um, so I like the movie a lot. I think it talk and it's really funny. So, <laughs> yeah, it's fun and yeah. funny. How about you? Yeah, I I think it it just like I think it knows what it's doing. It's not trying to be the greatest movie in the world. Um, and it's just like fun and silly and stupid, just like just like the entire queer community, in my personal opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that no, was fun. I had a good time. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, it's fun. It's funny. The I was surprised by how ironically detached it felt at times which kind of like bros does where it doesn't feel like it takes itself too seriously like it starts out almost feeling like a parody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are a lot of funny jokes <laughs> i will watch bowen yang in anything and have a good time i feel like like everything <laughs> bowen spoke i was like ah it's so funny <laughs> when he said the floor is the new chair <laughs> <laughs> when he was having molly <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah that part was great oh yeah this film does like i haven't really seen that done as much in other films like it depicts drugs like lots of them that are very um common in the gay community mm-hmm. um and i don't are those drugs bad for you i don't know is it okay to, to to show them as a matter of fact i guess it's certainly authentic it is yeah <laughs> um yeah they they definitely i feel like they they talk a lot about drugs like we do you know as gays and um i think bowen's experience of having that like <laughs> that molly high but also being in a bad space was really funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they have there's a lot of jokes and sometimes they, it feels like they just like chew in the joke i say they it's written by one person right it's written by Jolton booster um so it, sometimes it feels like the joke is uh, there <laughs> does that make sense it's still funny but it's like oh okay i can tell that joke like was planned to be there mm, yeah oh yeah that that feels okay to make that comment makes it feel like it was an acting performance sort of question like commentary am i wrong no i think it's a writing thing mm-hmm. uh, where like the the jokes could have been more seamlessly integrated into the dialogue i feel like sometimes the jokes kind of like felt abrupt like oh okay mm-hmm. that wasn't necessarily the, like part of the script that was like a joke that they wanted to tell and they found a way to tell it does that yeah. make sense yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Did y'all see Pride and Prejudice? Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. No. I haven't either, but I'm like <laughs> curious. So obviously we should be commenting on this movie. <laughs> um, but I'm curious to watch that one now and see like how much humor is like caked into that movie. Which I, cause I think there, for the people I know who love that movie, I think there is a lot of humor caked in, but it's just definitely like not gay humor in the way that Fire Island is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like they probably have like a similar classic like joke structure that like 
is threaded throughout that movie. Yeah. And I also think that's one of the reasons for this film's success. And I think it was a pretty smart move on Joel Kambuster to base a movie on a already established, well-loved script and, and kind of make that its own because that's kind of a formula that we already know is going to work. It's like, okay, we have this this story everyone loves and and there's so much he was able to do with that. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it was originally a straight movie, right? It feels very gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, the beginning almost felt like a parody of Love Simon <laughs> because it starts <laughs> with that like voiceover, like this is my life, you know. Except whereas Love Simon is like so innocent, <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like I'm a faggot. Don't judge me for using that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm reclaiming it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you seen Joel's stand-up performances? Have I seen it? I saw it live. Oh. <laughs> you have. You were there. I was in LA, and as, as I said, I follow him on Instagram because I've been following him as a comedian, and he had posted like, um, hey, I'm filming this special. You can apply to come watch it. So I got to watch it for free. I feel like his stand-up, like, you can tell that he wrote this movie based on his stand-up. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. Joel is so interesting as a person because, like, he does is kind of the whole, I feel like, premise of that stand up in a lot of ways, um, mm. you know, besides all the hilarious jokes. But he talks a lot about, like, I represent these communities um, and, you know, people have a lot of thoughts of how I should represent the communities. He's like, I just want to write jokes. I don't want that personal responsibility of yeah. having to worry about how I present my communities. I want to be able to be me and not have that, like, necessarily be a reflection of everything I am. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that dipped into the movie in the sense of like just wanting to write jokes and have fun and like tell a story. Like I think that definitely came across um, in the movie. Yeah. Like, it was just so, it was silly. <laughs> yeah. Silly. One thing that I would have liked is a clear message of like what was like the lesson that these characters were trying to learn. I thought that was mm-hmm. a little lucky for me. Yeah. I don't think they learned anything. <laughs> This movie also uh, talks about class a lot, which was uh, I was really surprised by because, you know, I in my mind, I see, you know, and they hang out in real life, like Joel and Bowen and Matt Rogers. And I'm sure by this point, they're all like making quite a bit of money, right? They're, they're famous. They have these great writing gigs. Um, and so I really see them as an upper class. And so like to see them all be in this movie about like, oh man, we're struggling as poor people. It was like pretty surprising to me. Um, but they've probably all come from that background right so i was reading about joel's bio he got kicked out of his house senior year for being gay i didn't realize that. that's wild he was like literally couch surfing and then ended up like until he was able to stay with a family friend so for me that was eye-opening of like oh yeah we see i see these people as like rich well-off people but it's like they really worked their way up to that spot yeah i think especially as a comedian right because there's such a long workup to like build your reputation, build your comedy and, you know, see what jokes land and not. And there's a long period of time when you're probably not doing that great financially as a comedian, right? So yeah, I feel like they probably struggled a lot. So comes from past experiences for sure, I think. Yeah, it seems um, very motivated by personal experience. And mm-hmm. to your point, Joel seems to apparently have been working at this like a long time. Um, so he moved, he was already uh, doing some comedy. They say he had an unconventional start in comedy because he would perform before uh, plays. Uh-huh. That's like how he started to stand up. And then he moved to New York in 2014. So he's been at this a while. Um, and then also interesting, like I didn't realize he had written, he's written for Big Mouth and the other two. I didn't realize he had writing credits on those shows. Uh-huh. That's really interesting. Yeah. So he's definitely been like, he's been in this game a while. <laughs> yeah. 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 You said you've met him, right? Um, I have met him. I just kind 
kind of like in passing and at a circuit party. Um, <laughs> and then he seems, you know, like he seems like a very different, more reserved, right? Obviously, he's probably like, oh, these guys are just like fangirling me right now. <laughs> um, but no, he seems very nice, you know. Um, he was like down to talk still um, and like just have a conversation. So um, I think he he's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, my I've run into him a couple times at parties, uh, which is cool. It's so cool to like just run into like these famous people. I love being gay, um, and he does get a lot of attention sometimes for like, oh, I recognize you from Fire Island, but also just because he's so hot. <laughs> like even if he was not famous, he would be getting lots of attention at these parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and in the brief moments I've talked to him, he's very professional, very polite, you know, very, very nice, I'd say. Uh, yeah. And as I said, his boyfriend is cool to talk to. So, but also they're approached by so many people. Like, I don't think they know who I am, <laughs> but I've had conversations with them. So that's nice. And then Bowen, I also have like both times with Joel, I, I've met at these parties. Bowen is so cool. He's instantly likable. He's like so... I feel like every time I've talked to him, he makes me feel like I'm a friend he's been talking to for a while. Even though our conversations yeah. are brief, it's like such a skill. To, um, and I think it's genuine, too. I think he's like just kind of like authentically a very like inviting person, which is really cool. Yeah. I met Bowen at Horsemeat Disco one time in New York. What? Um, yeah, no. And I totally agree with you. Like he he has, you know, he I feel like a lot of stars, you know, they're like, oh, thank you so much. You know, nice meeting you. Um, but then he act, like Bowen actually like asks you questions like how's your day where are you from all these things and it makes yeah you, tell me about meeting Bowen I want to hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is actually a really funny story. So um, me and my friend, he's also named Chris. I don't know if you know my other friend Chris Liu in Seattle. Um, we kind of have a similar height, similar build, um, and I don't think we look alike. But everyone gets us confused, and we're like brothers. So my friend Chris had met him already at a earlier party, and he's like, "Oh, I met Bowen Yang. I added him on Instagram," or and he added me back. And then I went to go say hi to Bowen. He was like, oh, Chris is like, oh, go, go meet Bowen, right? So I went to go say hi to Bowen. And then Bowen thought I was the other Chris. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, yeah, um, how are you doing? Like, and I'm like, do I know you? <laughs> like, I don't think we've met ever. <laughs> and then he was like, no, we just met yesterday. I'm like, no, we didn't. <laughs> and then I pulled my other friend in. I was like, you mean this one? And he's like, oh. So, you know, the all Asians, you know, getting co Asians confused is not just a white people problem. <laughs> it's also a <laughs> problem. <laughs> Yeah. To pull the to pull the do I know you on Bowen Yang? <laughs> <laughs> Not like no, <laughs> that is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. So can I help you? Talk. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? <laughs> Uh, no, that it was funny. Uh, that is funny. They play a lot with that in the movie of like, uh, can I help you? That one guy says that line like three uh, times whenever I go to the party, like kind of this. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it is very intimidating to be in a space where it feels like everyone's hot and knows each other and has shit together. And I think they really lean into that in the movie where they're like, we feel like trash here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I feel like I haven't dealt with a ton of that like standoffishness to that extreme. You know, I, I feel like they just probably. I, I shouldn't say that. I feel like I have dealt with that, but it's a lot more subtle. You know, in this movie, it's very over the top. But like, I do feel like sometimes there is a certain amount of like, hi, you know, like a very like, mm -hmm. oh, we're not really here to talk to you, <laughs> like. <laughs> 
Type yeah. of community that you can encounter in the gay community for sure. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think like um that I think it's very embellished in the movie, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh wow, who are you? Can I help? But like it's very subtle. You know, sometimes like someone will go around the room, they're very high energy with everyone, like hi, 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 like hugging everyone, and then they get to you, they're like, So, how are you? Who do you know here? Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely happened to me before. And I'm like, um, I know the host. How who do you know? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, it is funny to me that, that would happen to you. Uh so to paint a picture for the audience listening that can't see, Chris is extremely attractive. <laughs> you're a really attractive man, you're very fit, and I feel like there is so much currency in the gay community that comes with like having a good body, which by the way, kudos to you and kudos to Joel Booster for like working very hard on that body. Um, and just like, um, also, congrats on being hot. <laughs> uh, Congratulations. You got a certificate. How yeah, maybe that... she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but they talk about in the movie um how like even though yes he's hot and attractive like because he's asian he still like deals um with some i guess racism in the gay community or just like people still like treating him poorly in the gay community uh how's your experience been with that you know i i kind of identify similarly with joel in the sense that you know like so this is my concept of um how things work right is that you're not going to be everyone's type and neither is, you know, not everyone's going to be your type. So my whole philosophy is, you know, even if you go up to someone and you think they're attractive and you talk to them and it doesn't seem like they're interested, you know, you're just not their type, right? It's nothing about, I don't try to put any, pin anything on race or like, you know, whatever it is, um, because I just feel like it's such a negative way to look at things like, oh, he didn't like me because I'm Asian or something. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, like a lot of people have that is like, oh, he like this white guy only likes white guys. So he's not talking to me. But a lot of times it's just like you don't talk to them, so they're not going to talk to you. Um, so I've I've been making it a goal of myself to be like, go talk to the one that you think is cute. Go talk to anyone that's like you know. Yes. And if they don't respond well, then it's just you're not their type. But you know, it's it's not it's nothing on you. I think. Yeah. Breach. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. I do think that there is like a, a kind of like a weird tension. I still feel like very unsafe at like a all white party or something, um, because yeah, like I, I almost think like a little bit of the culture sometimes is a little bit different um, mm. in the sense that like um, I think in an all Asian community you have like that that I'm very sassy and very bantery, so I get along with all other people that are very sassy, right? But some of like the really hot white people they like don't really have a lot of banter. So then, <laughs> <laughs> Not to not to say everyone hot doesn't have banter, but like you know maybe they're just not interested. So there's like yeah, good, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I hate that. <laughs> uh, yeah. When it's like we can't have a conversation, and I can't tell if it's because you just like don't want to talk to me, or if you're just really bad at talking. Yeah. Or maybe there's hot and K. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is interesting to me for Joel to have written a piece that does deal with the issues of body image and body issues when he has an objectively incredible body. Um, but they also do show him like doing push-ups before going to a party, and they're like, "What are you doing?" Uh, I do that. <laughs> right. So e- even people with incredible bodies, they're still like, ev- I feel like everyone is so like in the gay community, so cognizant of that. Um, as I said, like my whole gay thing I did this week was <laughs> counting calories. Yeah. Like, 
yeah there's so much effort i feel like and i feel like even when you have it like i almost feel like the people that work out a lot have the most body dysmorphia mm. because they're trying so hard right it's like look fit and like when you're at a circuit party there's gonna be people that look better obviously um and then you're just like ah oh. <laughs> how do i get there or whatnot and yeah but just be nicer to yourself i guess kinder to yourself <laughs> yeah i went to this pool party in texas this was years ago and i I brought this guy who I thought was pretty cute and we get to the party and he sees like all these people, they're in speedos, they have these amazing bodies and he's like, oh, I've, I don't know if I want to go to this. I feel like really intimidated, which was so funny because in my mind, I was like, oh, this is awesome. We're a bunch of hot, we're with a bunch of hot guys. <laughs> like, yeah, that was going through my mind. I was like, this is, this is the dream, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> he's surrounded by hotties. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I feel like that's the mindset I try and go into it with. It's like, I'm just happy that I'm here surrounded by hot people. And like, I'm not going to compare myself to like every single person. Cause like, I don't know. I feel like you can always find someone who's attracted to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that. <laughs> Eric, how have, how have your experiences been? My experiences we've talked about, like we were, we've been throwing around these terms of like currency and like what you think like is your way into a queer space. If you're feeling sort of ostracized and mm. I don't know, I feel like I've been very lucky to know the spaces that aren't for me and to know like where I'm wanted and where people care about me and stuff. Um, definitely a lot there. Like, like we're saying like these more like, rich white spaces obviously i'm like i'm i know i don't have a good time there like andrew talking about like the pool party stuff i'm kind of on the side of with your friend where i'm like i don't know if i would have a good time with that just because like body image is such a journey with not just gay people but like everyone has that journey but like gay men do have that journey a lot they have them to go um but i feel like talking about currency and saying how like i have always looked at like my humor like we're talking about like the bantering and the sassiness like that has definitely been my way into queer spaces and making queer friendships. And um, it's also like channeling that currency as like my way of like knowing myself. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, I know I've had some times where things have been shitty and I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I hated all that. But then I've had a bunch of other massively lovely experiences where I'm just like, I just laughed with a bunch of queer people tonight and drank a lot and it was really fun. And we danced to awesome music. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Moving on. <laughs> if you're finding problems with the way queer people judge others or like what they value, you can find other queer spaces where that's not the issue. There's like so many events, right, um, in gay communities where it's like circuit parties and all those things where that currency does come into play so heavily in those areas. And not in like everyday spaces, like at a bar or like even at a music festival, like at EDC or something, right? I think a lot of those other spaces outside of like the gay like circuit scene is very like wholesome and like friendly to everyone. And it's about love and like, you know, inclusion. But then for some reason in our like inclusive community, right? We have these events that seem very not inclusive. Um, and like everyone wants to go to them because there are these hot guys there. But then even for me, like when I go to those spaces, yeah, they're great. They're hot. But then it's like the, the interaction is not there with them. The friendliness isn't there with them sometimes. And, you know, I like personally, I like trying to take a step back from like that scene a little bit and go to more like queer focused events. Um, like in LA, we have this thing called Rhonda. I think in New York, we have something called like Elsewhere or something or Poppy Juice or something, right? <laughs> 
um yeah that's like more queer focused and like everyone there has honestly i think everyone there has a better time <laughs> wow so, yeah yeah cool yeah, i would definitely say like in new york it's always that that topic of like gay versus queer and i would definitely say like manhattan gay brooklyn mm-hmm. very queer and like just personally i have a better time in brooklyn <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just fun yeah like everyone is like very much like looks hot but also like can banter and have some sassy talk like it's fun in that way oh yeah. that's cool how, how do you guys feel the movie handled this discussion of body image um i think it i think it was i think it did well in that you know um bowen had like this you know this talk right about like this is just i don't feel comfortable i don't feel great here I, like i have all these things right um and then even like you know um i think there was like this one time where like all of them walked in right in the first party and then everyone's like looking and judging at them but then like i think it was matt um matt Ro- roger was it his name um <laughs> and then, like his friend like they just like walk through the thing they're like you know yeah i'm just here to drink and they're like taking stuff out of the fridge um so there's like two sides of it right it's like even if you don't feel like you fit in own the space right there's that side and then there's the side to like oh no i'm like in a cower i don't feel great um so i think it shows two sides and um, of like how to overcome body image issues and like maybe how to process it a little bit. Um, That's cool. What was y'all's favorite moment in the movie? I think anytime, anytime Matt Rogers' character and uh, <laughs> Tomas, uh, Tomas Matos, anytime that duo was like on screen, I swear <laughs> to God, I was laughing my ass off. They were so like working so well off of each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I really like that one scene, Tomas. Yeah, I think he was like going into the pool with a champagne bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, I love them. Oh, awesome. I think my favorite scene was when um, Bowen's love interest was like going on the boat to confess his love and they get off the boat. And then Joel's like, do something big, do something stupid. And he goes, I love you. He's like, okay, too big, too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I also like the meet cute between Bowen and, and James. I think it's really cute. <laughs> and when he's like, I'm a doctor, and, and Margaret Cho's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll shut her up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any homo honeys in your life? I have this one girl. Um, I won't name drop. <laughs> but, uh, she loves the gays. Um, she's hosting like an all gay party right before EDC. Um, she's very much in the gay community. And, I love like, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's more gay than I am, I swear to God. Like, she's <laughs> a gay man living in a woman's body. Um, and I I love her. And, you know, she goes to all our gay events. She went to a circuit party. Um, yeah. So I love my homo honeys. <laughs> she's what we call a mother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's go into final thoughts. Uh, Eric, what were your final thoughts on this movie? My final thoughts on Fire Island, Hulu 2022. <laughs> Gay. So fun. Inclusive. Hilarious. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> Something I will be watching again, which is rare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go next. I think it was fun. The jokes were funny. The men were hot. I was also, but we haven't mentioned this. All these gay men played by gay actors, openly gay actors, which thank you. And I have a lot of respect for Joel Kimbooster and what he's been able to accomplish. And I think this is a really good case study. Uh, my final thoughts are a uh, great movie, uh, touched a lot of great topics. 
Um, but just like, you know, things I got out of it, you know, be kind to yourself, be careful out there because you don't know who's going to be recording you in some hidden camera <laughs> and posting that, that stuff online. So be careful out there. Um, but, you know, enjoy your life. And I would highly recommend if you have not seen this movie. Hey, well, thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Yeah, thanks for Woo! having me. Woo! Until next time, <laughs> see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Good, good, good. Fire, fire, <laughs> fire, fire. <laughs>